Hello and welcome to the Autism in Real Life podcast. In each episode, you'll get practical strategies by taking a journey into the joys and challenges of life with autism. I'm your host, Ilya Walsh, and I'm an educator and the parent of two young adults, one of which is on the autism spectrum. Join me as I share my experience and the experiences of others so that we may see the unique gifts and talents of individuals on the autism spectrum fully recognized. Hello, everyone, and welcome. This is Alia with the Spectrum Strategy Group, and welcome to uh, this episode. I am excited um, because the next uh, upcoming episodes you'll be hearing sort of came up very uh, organically, and um, you know, kind of they all fit together, sort of in this, um, you know, I would say expanding on the building connections kind of concept and also building relationship. So, you know, I, I would say I have done some uh, episodes on building connection, which it's actually titled um, episode forty-eight, and. Um, I have a few guests that uh, talk about relationships and the importance of learning about yourself and being able to express yourself to others so that you can then engage in authentic relationship. And I have Karen Lean, which is episode 46, uh, Krista Hoppala, which is episode 52, Becca Laurie Hector, which is way back episode five. So please, please go and check those out. Um, And then over the next couple of weeks, or maybe a few weeks, if I can pull in a few more people, um, I'm having some great conversations about gender, sexuality, sex, and building romantic relationships. And so, um, you know, in the work that I've done, I've talked about uh, with many people, clinicians, um, autistic adults, and just other educators. And we've talked about an ob- observation that um, we've made, um, and also just from talking with people directly, that those with autism have a more fluid expression of gender, or not everyone, but many. Um, and then Uh, sexual expression and sexual interest can also be more exploratory and fluid. Um, Expression of sexuality, same. Um, So, you know, also something that um, we've noticed too is relationship design can be different. And uh, when we talked with Krista Hoppala and also with Becca Laurie Hector, designing kind of your own life, um, relationships, you know, we have one perception but they can look very different uh, for different people. Um, one example that has come up is there might be a, a couple that's married, but they live separately or they have separate bedrooms. Um, and Or maybe the roles in the relationship are not uh, what you know we might be familiar with. And so um, all of those aspects come up uh, in a lot of work that I have done and other people have done. And so what I tried to do was pull in uh, some people who have done work in this area. Uh, I by no means am a clinician or an expert in this area, so I try to find those people who are. So um, upcoming episodes, I have Varun Warrier, who uh, was a lead researcher and scientist on a study that was published in 
uh, in September of 2020. And it was done with 650,000 people. And it was to learn more about the intersection of gender identity and autism. And so it's there are other studies out there that have been done, but this is the largest uh, with the largest data set. Um, that exists. And so definitely listen in on that one. I have Ali Arena, who is a speech therapist and behaviorist. Um, and she talks about self-discovery and using that self-discovery for dating uh, and for connecting with other people, especially during the pandemic. And what does that look like? Um, I also will be speaking with Victoria Rodriguez Roldan, who uh, is an attorney and advocate working on policy uh, with the LGBTQ community and disability justice. So um, again, another important resource. And Isabel Hanau, who is a sexologist and psychologist, and her work is very specific to the autistic population and with neurodiverse couples around sex and sexuality. Um, and, you know, I'll also be chatting with autistic adults and neurodiverse couples, and they can speak to their own real-time experience, um, firsthand experience. And also, if you have any other ideas or suggestions uh, of people or of of topics uh, that either fit into this particular theme or in something else, please, please uh, feel free to reach out and let me know. I really want to make sure that I'm covering topics and being able to connect with people who will be of interest to the audience. So um, I'd love to be able to do a podcast with them or on a particular topic that uh, you all might be interested in. Um, and, you know, just to kind of put it out there, I, I recognize that these topics um, can be a bit sensitive. Sometimes they're uncomfortable uh, for many people. You know, let's be real, just the the conversation around sex and sexuality in our culture can be um, a little bit, <laughs> you know, mystical. We don't really know. People don't really talk about it all too often. Uh, we don't talk about it enough. Um, and, you know, when you have that as a general way of interacting in our society, um, it's hard for young people to get information and get accurate information and learn, um, you know, from the right resources or from better resources, I should say. Uh, but when we also make it difficult to find that information, or some of it is implicit, or learned from uh, peers, if we're talking about the autistic population, we talk about a community that can sometimes miss cues um, and can miss some of the social context that's around them, they're also missing more information specifically around dating and gender and sex and sexuality because their peers, they might not be picking up on some of the cues or their peers um, maybe are have, have more experience or are reading different things that they might not be um, and or may not have known about. And so we have this gap. And so I, I'm uh, in an effort to help bridge that gap, I really wanted to shed light on this topic. And I think uh, what's important is uh, creating a place where people can go and have these conversations and feel safe having them. Um, I know, again, also as an educator, sometimes when we're in the world of education, we, you know, we're like already worried about academics and social skills and speech therapy and OT and all these other things. Um, we kind of don't 
always think about addressing this topic unless sometimes it's around building connections with peers um, or maybe with uh, someone that uh, a student might report to, so in an employment setting or maybe in an uh, education setting, like getting um, being able to get the information they need from another teacher or something like that. We think about social connection in a different way um, as an educator. Sometimes if, you know, if we've built enough rapport, we might have a student ask uh, as they get older um, about some of these topics, but uh, it, it doesn't often come up in an educational setting. Um, but then if we move into being a parent, right, the, these topics are already difficult <laughs> as a parent. Um, and so we approach them sometimes really lightly or superficially, or we kind of go around things. Um, and again, when we have uh, folks that might be missing some social context and social cues, they might not pick up on some of that. So we need to be more explicit. And, um, you know, I think uh, just like with any sort of communication and conversation, the more transparent we can be, the better um, in a nice and appropriate and, um, you know, really open and uh you know, non-judgmental way. And I think if we can kind of take away sort of that black box around um, these types of conversations, we can help not just, you know, our neurodiverse kids and adults, but, but everyone, because we can kind of take away some of that discomfort that comes with having these conversations. So, you know, gender, sexuality, sex, and romantic relationships are part of the human experience. So everyone um, is going to face these particular topics in some capacity. And so if we can keep them more open and keep them, uh, keep a safe space and create that safe space, um, it'll make it easier for those that we work with and that we care about, um, that they can have that safe space to come and have these conversations. So um, if I can just help even just a little bit uh, with that process, um, that would be great. And if I can point you to additional resources that can help you with those types of conversations um, and with learning more information, uh, I also want to be able to offer that. So thank you so much for listening uh, to this sort of setup of what's to come. Um, and again, I would appreciate any feedback and um, I'll talk to you all soon. All right. Take care. Thanks for listening to Autism in Real Life. This is Elia Walsh. And if you like the show, please hit subscribe so you can get notified each time a new episode is released. I also offer training, consultations, and parent coaching and would love to help you in any way that I can. You can check out my offerings at thespectrumstrategy.com and when you join my email list, you can get a code to receive a discount off of an online class or a coaching session. Looking forward to hearing from you. Take care and see you next time.